0: And I, w- I left the room and I, uh, I came back and he had attempted suicide. And for me, that was definitely my introduction to mental health.
1: And then that night, just in the middle of the night, I woke up for no apparent reason and I just knew something horrible had happened. And you know, did a little bit of digging on social media, reaching out to people that were close to him. And, and I found out that he had, t- had taken his own life and just everything changed for me after that. I, I had never been so upset, I think about Him and and what happened every single
2: day. Welcome to the Forging Metal Podcast. With your blacksmiths, Tara O'Brien and Ron Duran Jr. Come inside and grab your hammer. The fire is hot and ready. It's time to harden up. Let's get to work. The forge is now open.
3: Allie Reuter and Nick Kohler, are both finishing up their undergraduate degrees at the University of Colorado Boulder. Allie is a senior class council president at CU. She is soon to complete a double major in integrative psychology and neuroscience with a minor in leadership. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> a huge advocate for the mental health and well-being of college students these days, working in collaboration with the nonprofit called Active Minds while Nick is studying journalism and looking to jump into the fields of sports and broadcast journalism. He's on the herd, Council, herd Leadership Council, and both of these students are actively working toward helping other students on campus going through really tough times, which we'll get into in this podcast. So this is really exciting. Ron and I are super thrilled to have these two young people, very brilliant minds joining us, both highly um, uh, knowledgeable in the world of leadership uh, at CU. And we want to chat with you guys on all that is amazing and not so amazing for your age group in relation to you name it, politics, COVID, Uh, what it's like being quarantined and attending university, leadership. Ron and I can learn a lot about you both about leadership today and the workforce that you're headed into, the grit that it must take to follow the millennials and what they have built for you guys (laughs) and what defines your generation, Generation Z, right? A lot of struggles and wisdom that you both bring and we're super excited um, to know what it is that's going on, the differences between our generation, Gen X, and yours, Gen Z. So that's a lot. Are you both ready for this? <laughs> thanks, ready. For, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, let, me, let me start off with a uh, uh, first question that is just kind of kicks everything off, which is what a heck of a year. We wanna know, Ron and I, what are the things that are on your minds right now? I mean there's so much happening between rioting and white supremacy and the worst unemployment rate and you guys are getting ready to graduate soon and student loan debt and oh my gosh Donald Trump I mean like what what is going on in your world and what's on your minds today?
1: I think that we're in a unique position being senior class council members that we're actually planning a celebration at the end of the year to culminate the work of the class of 2021 and in that we're picking the commencement speaker to come in and speak. And so you kind of me- mentioned all of these current events that are going on in this world. And those are the exact things that we're considering with who to bring as our speaker. And I think the real issue that at least I've been facing kind of morally and, and with myself is that these issues are really difficult to talk about. They're scary. They're just mind boggling for people. Who, you know, We just can't understand why anyone would act this way or why anyone would support these horrible things, um, and yet they're still controversial to talk about. And so we're kind of at this crossroads of, is it okay to bring someone in that would talk about politics? Or is it okay to bring someone in that wants to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement? Or is that gonna make people upset? And why is it gonna make them upset? And so I think that it's it's more just grappling with how we're gonna answer these questions as a generation and how we're all gonna get on the same page about what is right and what is wrong and, and why people are having such a hard time with that discussion.
0: Kind of going off Valley's answer, I 100% agree. I think we're both in a position where we have the opportunity to shape the conversation through picking the commencement speaker at CU Boulder. And I think it's a tough decision. And we've honestly had some tough conversations about if we want that person to, to be political, apolitical, how we want that person to be perceived in terms of diversity and inclusion. And in different ways, we want to influence our campus and just beyond appearances, the message that they present to the student body. Um, I can certainly say, like, mental health has been on my mind. We're going to be in online classes for the next couple months. I just left my family, um, flew here, flew in today, so I hope they're okay. You know, my parents are in Los Angeles County, which is one of the worst in the country in terms of COVID. So I, I'm praying for their safety and keeping that on my mind. And I think it's just, it's a lot of issues that honestly, typical students have not had to deal with and it weighs and it's a burden. I think that's a part of the reason why mental health needs to be brought to the focus. And I think that's one of the big issues for our generation.
2: Yeah. And you got to do all that and, you know, study for your calculus test, right? <laughs> right. It, it, I, you know, Nick, I, I get you. It's it's tough. You know, it, it was funny as we were preparing for this, this podcast, Tara and I, we were talking about you know we're going back in time you know just a few years ago when when we graduated from college and uh, just a
3: few years <laughs>
2: we we were we were kind of laughing that we had none of this on our plate you know uh, we were just thinking about how can we get the best job we can get and and we didn't have anything else piling on on top of that so um it's tough and, and, uh, and I have empathy for what you guys are going through and going back to what nick said you know i think sometimes we lose sight of the fact That's not just us, right? So Nick's talking about. I'm worried about my parents, and so I think we all carry around a little bit of that stress of the people that are in our orbit. You know, our friends and family. Are they okay? You know, are they in danger? And so we we can't. You know, that's just that's part of the stress load. And so um, I think that's important to think about. So. You know, let's just talk about this. I had to pull this up because I wasn't exactly sure. I I teach at the university, so I'm around this this cohort, this this group a lot. Um, Gen Z. So for if you're not around Gen Z's, uh, what's Gen Z? And just a quick search on the internet, eight uh, ages eight to twenty three years old. So you know, obviously, you two fall into that that category. Um, gen x which uh both uh tara and i are are 40 to 55 years old and then right in between gen x and gen z is that as that uh, uh what would i call it the millennials you know that that uh the not the dreaded millennials I, I think the millennials get a bad rap to be honest uh i a lot of my grad students are millennials and they're the 24 to uh, 39 year olds so just to kind of give the listeners an idea when we, when we're talking about these gen generations, that's what we're talking about. But I really do not like, I don't like the generation thing. Um, trying to put people in a bucket bothers me and, and saying all Gen Zers act like this and all millennials act like this really upsets me. And, and I think you guys would probably agree with that. So what is it like? Um, you know, I'm thinking, even though I spend a lot of time teaching you guys, I I don't know if I have a good sense of what's it like behind the scenes. You know, the way my students talk to their professor is different than I think the way you guys talk to your, your, your classmates and friends. And so what do you, what do you guys, what's, what's giving you angst? I mean, what is it, what is the, what are the conversations that you center on right now? Is it, the isolation, is it, uh, is it still focused on grades or have grades kind of fallen off and saying they're not as important now, or, um, instead of me putting words in, in your mouth, what would you say, what are you guys talking about? Uh, when you're, when you're sitting around talking, well, I don't even know if you sit around, you it might be on zoom calls now <laughs> or, or whatever you guys use for, uh, for your video.
0: Personally, um, my conversations have focused a lot around, like just kind of checking in with people. Uh, I just, like I said, I just got back from living at home. So I was not going out very often and seeing my friends and having those face to say face to face conversations. So what I tried to do to make up for that was, Hey, like, how are you doing? Is your mental health? Okay. Like I'm here for you if you need me. Um, what are you up to? How are you killing time? Is there a show that you found interesting that you want to send my way or something or talking about a sports game, trying to have those like moments, I guess, that, feel genuine that we would be having in person but virtually or online
2: and do you think nick that works pretty well Uh, sorry i'll I'll come to you just a sec but do you think that uh, do we lose something you think in the video um, versus in person maybe that's an obvious question
0: i i 100 think we do i think there's almost like an intangible nature of just having those face-to-face conversations whether it's picking up social cues, not stepping on each other when we're trying to have the conversation over Zoom. or Like
2: I just did with Allie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I I think it's just honestly, and it's just nice to be next to someone, to share that, to share the space, to share the environment, to feel their presence. And I think that's definitely something that's lost.
1: Yeah, for me, almost more from an academic standpoint, I think what I'm feeling recently and the conversations I've had have kind of revolved around how much more is required of students to actually get a job after college, whether that's like having an internship or working and showing that you're committed to one company or one area for three plus years. So that means you have to decide right when you get to college, this is what I'm passionate about. I'm going to get a great job in it and I'm going to be committed for three years. And I think that is catching up with people right now. I know my friend was just Considering working at a coffee shop and and her dad was like, "You know after four years of college, don't you think you can find something better than that And she was like, honestly, I've tried and and it's difficult and everyone needs those same three unpaid internships and not to mention it's hard to work for free and so I think that's where a lot of the stress at least in the later gen Z has been lying because we're all about to graduate and we're trying to figure out how do you get a job if you didn't have all that perfect experience before when you're competing with people that maybe did and and what's the normal look like? I think that's unknown, at least for me, and maybe for others as well.
2: It yeah. sounds like a lot, a lot of pressure, right? I mean, if I were to sum that up, it's just a lot of it's a lot of pressure, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, gosh, I,
3: and I think you know, and Ron, I'm sure you feel the same, and everybody listening, um, like getting out of school, whether it's high school or or college, university, uh, is loaded with uncertainty, like loaded right? You just spent four years learning. Now you got to go out and do, but where do you start? Like, it's such a big, bad world. Like, how do you even break into that? Do you think that all of this conversation around what now, what after school is just pretty normal? Like, yeah, every, every college student has that leaving, um, leaving college, or do you think it's like with, with the pandemic, it's just made things so much more difficult?
1: Yeah, I think the latter is probably more true. I think it's adding that pressure and the element of stress and almost just another layer of difficulty in finding anything because I know so many people have just heard back one time after another, I'm sorry, this has been canceled due to the pandemic. I'm sorry, this has been canceled due to budget cuts. And so it's just creating that extra barrier for people that know they need that experience, yet there's no way for them to get it and that's anxiety inducing in and of itself thinking okay well i'm going to be jobless for maybe a year after i graduate maybe more i don't know and it almost makes i think it makes finishing school and finishing strong even sound less appealing because you don't know what you're working towards and when there's not a good goal at the end it's difficult to stay motivated sometimes
2: wow that's that's inter- that's an interesting take that i never really thought of and, you know you you don't you don't have a clear target and we all know from psychology. We, we need something. We need a target out there to help motivate us. so that's certainly not helping. So, you know, you talk about some some things that, that are near and dear to both Tara and I. so I mean just the topic of not only mental health, but but all those things under that umbrella and anxiety. you know, you mentioned anxiety and pressure is certainly part of that, which are going to lead to distress. And that a lot of times, and certainly piling on the isolation that Nick was talking about, we're now entering into this world of, for lack of a better term, and and I'm gonna say for lack of a better term because whenever I say mental health, there's some people that are just gonna have this this weird thought about what mental health is. Oh, those are the people that you know, there's something not right about them, and and I think we wanna certainly in this podcast, and I know you guys are advocates of this, is taking that stigma off mental health. We all need to play uh, in the game of mental health. We need to take care of our mental health, uh, whether you're in a pandemic or not. And, and I think that one of the good things about this this time uh, in history is mental health is really becoming a important topic, um, and, and rightfully so. I think it's long overdue. So I'm so excited to... To see, you know, two young folks like yourself, kind of leading that charge, and 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 so let's go there for uh, a little bit here and say, how did you guys, how did you guys get inspired um, to kind of take up this to to be advocates for mental health, and certainly with uh, with your fellow classmates, uh, let's let's go to you, Nick.
0: Yeah, so my story honestly kind of started when I went to college. Um, I was a freshman. I came from out of state. I didn't really know anyone going to here other than one person who I was close with. So I kind of relied on him a lot and, and I moved into the dorm like everyone else had my roommates kind of bonded with them initially. And unfortunately for me, a couple of them dropped out, decided school wasn't really for them. And uh, I got actually a replacement roommate and he came in and I knew him for about two weeks and Just one Friday, I can remember it distinctly, the first week back from Thanksgiving break. um, He was struggling. I didn't really know with what at the time, but he just seemed out of character. And I I left the room and I uh, I came back and he had attempted suicide. And for me, that was definitely my introduction to mental health. He went down the right path and, and took the steps he needed to, dropped out of school, and he's now in a much better place. But... Honestly, from then on, it wasn't really a main focus for me until this summer, when I, I think I personally started struggling a little more, and I realized I would have liked to have done more in that moment, as well as have placed a greater emphasis on my own mental health. And I think uh, my mental health struggles personally come from the fact that I didn't really prioritize loving myself as much as I should. I just kind of thought it was something that was going to happen, not something that I had to try and work on.
2: Mm. Gosh, one of the things that's near and dear to me is the idea of self-compassion. And so I can hear in your voice that maybe you're being hard on yourself, right? And maybe you still are. That, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be human and it's okay to struggle. Um, so uh, it sounds like you're, you're getting that message. And everybody that's listening, uh, Tara and I are both right there with you. Uh, none of us are, are, are bulletproof, man. So um, we have those moments. We do. And, and hopefully we have somebody in our orbit that we can we can help get out of those, those moments and also have tools in our toolbox. I think, I think that's important for us all to kind of start to get tools for the, for our own toolbox, but also, you know, to have somebody to lean on. So, um, hopefully you had that Nick as you went through a little bit of a rough patch. Allie, what about you? What's your, what's your, what's your story and how did you get into mental health?
1: It's interesting because I've, as a mental health advocate, I feel like I've shared my story several times that every time I know I'm about to share it again, my heart starts raising. And I, I do feel like this emotional, attachment to this story, and and so I just like to preface it that way for people that might just be listening and can't really see the emotion on someone's face, but I I was a sophomore at CU, so my experience definitely started in college as well, and I was just way in over my head, taking 18 credits of science classes only, working two jobs, just in the nitty-gritty of life and, and struggling with that, definitely. And I remember coming back for a second semester of that sophomore year. I had been in this program called President's Leadership Class. I had just started that previous semester and made a couple of really good friends, although I was in a cohort above the other students. And so, you know, there was a little bit of a disconnect. And, and there was one gentleman that I had met. His name was Daniel. And we just became really great friends. He was so charismatic, so friendly, welcoming to everyone. But, you know, I, I personally felt impacted by his joy and... I had been communicating with him a little bit over that break. And he had asked, oh, do you want to come with us to do this? Do you want to come do this? Get coffee, X, Y, Z. And I was never available. I was too busy. This has been, you know, the story of my life is I'm always too busy. And I prioritize my work and my clubs and school first above all else. And I had been just telling him over and over, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm too busy. And his last text to me was actually... You know, why are you always too busy for me and i and I never responded, and we came back for our spring huddle for president's leadership class, which is actually happening tomorrow, and it always like brings up a lot of emotion for me again and he wasn't there, and I didn't know why, and it was mandatory for everyone to be there and I had reached out, not heard anything and then that night, just in the middle of the night, I woke up for no apparent reason, and I just knew something horrible had happened and you know, did a little bit of digging on social media, reaching out to people that were close to him. And and I found out that he had had taken his own life. And just everything changed for me after that. I I had never been so upset. I think about him and and what happened every single day. And since then, um, obviously, I'm not okay about it. But I am just trying so hard to make sure that it doesn't happen to anyone else and that we gain awareness at CU Boulder around this topic and and be real about what people have gone through, and the fact that someone could be struggling so much that they would want to take their own life is very serious. And and I'm committed to trying to make a difference in that.
2: I, I want to. I, that's the second time I've heard that. We we've had Ali on a, on a uh, another podcast that Tara and I do. And it still gets me. I'm, I'm teary eyed as I listen to it. And and I want to I want to commend both of you for. What's the word courage, courage. Uh, the courage, <laughs> courage. to uh, You could have easily said you know what I'm not gonna get involved uh, And and both of you took a you know a step in the right direction to say uh, I want to make a difference And so I, I think that uh, both of you deserve a pat on the back and and to Allie You know, this is the part where I get I get riled up with with all my friends that say You I'm gonna say Millennials, but it's the same thing Millennials Gen Z, whatever. They're so entitled and lazy well you just heard Allie's story she sounds like she's lazy i'd like to i'd like to see some of you uh compete with her although i would say Allie, we need to get you uh focusing on your mental health sounds like we're, we're a little we're a little out of balance there but that's, i'm that's definitely maybe, getting better yeah that's 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 the professor and me coming out
3: so i i gotta know if you both think because i'm listening to these stories and it's both coming from um the same school this is these are stories coming from cu boulder Uh, I'm sure there are many more stories very similar to it. These are not stories when I was going through school that were happening and or talked about. Maybe they were happening. I mean, the statistics will show that anxiety, depression, and suicide rates are up much, much higher than they were when I was going through college. Um, But even if they, they were happening, we weren't hearing about it. No one was out talking about it on podcasts. Um, Sad to say, I don't think there were podcasts back then, but anyway. (laughs) um, Don't tell people. (laughs) uh, Do you feel that this is a welcome topic amongst your peers? And do you feel that you get support from the older generation's Um, whether it be your parents or their peers or people at the university, working at the university, do you feel there's a lot of support around this discussion of suicide and mental health, especially in the last year, dealing with uh, quarantine, or do you think it's still difficult?
1: I have actually very strong opinions about this. So I'm not trying to bash anyone in this either. I just want to preface that way, but I'm going to be honest. So I think that within our generation, I would say absolutely yes people are willing to talk about it. I feel like it's very normal and I think it's almost expected now that we're gonna have conversations about mental health taking care of your mental health if we're starting a new club, a new organization, you name it and it's on people's radar. Um, I will say that I don't think it feels the same way for some of maybe the older generations professors, parents, uh, I think, you know i've i've been in a few situations even in the last few months that make me feel that way and a few weeks ago i was in a meeting with several professors at the university especially in the engineering school and we were talking about a spring pause and making students don't have any exams any homework and and trying to recreate the spring break that now students have all lost which is anxiety inducing for I would say pretty much everyone, that's a huge time where people study, get caught up on work. And and it's pretty crazy to imagine just having an entire semester where you are working 24-7 without a break. So in that conversation, it's just interesting to hear from a professor's side, I know there's a curriculum that needs to be followed. And I know that there are rules that these professors go by, but you know, every other year, there's been some sort of break. And so the idea that we can't have any flexibility in the schedule to pause for students to take care of themselves is is concerning and, and that's not to say that everyone felt that way but there were definitely individuals in the room that are like I don't know that we'll be able to cut down on our calculus <laughs> curriculum for that week because we'll be behind and, and other professors are sitting there like well isn't there like couldn't you just take out one homework assignment and it's no and and from a parent perspective um it's interesting because the other my brother was applying actually for president leadership class he's hoping to go to CU next year and he had written in one of his essays about anxiety that he feels and and I don't remember the exact context in which he wrote about it, but he was having an argument with with my parents about how they didn't want him to say that because it made him seem weak. And and in your interview and how you're presenting yourself, you shouldn't present yourself in a way that seems like you're struggling. And, And I was kind of blown away by that, you know, especially with me living with my parents and they know I talk about mental health all the time. And it just is like that, disconnect is still slightly there. It's like, they want to say, "Yeah, I am all for mental health. And then it's like, when your son wants to write about it, then that's not okay. And, and I love my parents and they mean well. And so hopefully they won't <laughs> be mad at me for saying that. But, you know, I just think it's sometimes unintentional.
0: I think, I think echoing Ali's point, I think this is definitely an issue that our generation is pushing more than other generations. I think a large portion of that has to do with social media and its impact on our lives right or wrong, we're more interconnected than people than the other generations, because I can contact someone within a minute, within a second, maybe even. And I think that can be a little isolating as well as allowing for that connection. And the benefits of social media is perhaps that, you know, I think people are pushing these ideas a little more in terms of mental health, at least what I've seen recently is, is people being more willing to talk about it, but there's definitely the deficit of feeling like you're not living the life that you probably should be doing, or you see all these influencers or even your friends, you only see really the positives. And I think that really impacts mental health in a way that hasn't been talked about as much and is definitely significantly more impactful on our generation than others, because we had to grow up with it. In that sense, I do think kids are are more willing to talk about it. I I think this is going to be an issue that will grow with our generation. Most of my friends talk about it, are are willing to share about it. But I think it's it's definitely an issue that is personal and will have to be expanded and takes people like Allie, quite honestly, to share her story so we can, people feel the courage to talk about their own. Because I know freshman year, I felt alone. And it takes someone to say, I, I feel lonely and that's the only way we're able, going to be able to make connections and to actually bring this issue to the forefront.
2: Uh, Nick, do you feel, I struggle, I struggle with this social media thing. Uh, and and is it, is it good or is it evil? Um, I think there's, there's certainly there's aspects to both. So you talk about this idea that you grew up with this and we all know this, the, uh, you know, I think the word that this, thrown about it, you guys are digital natives, you know, you've, you've grown up with this since you were born, it's always been there, uh, unlike Tara and I. But do you think it's, a, I mean, you say I can, get, I can get in touch with somebody in minutes, sometimes seconds, and so you talk about this idea of being connected. Do you truly feel like that's a connection? Or does it, uh, sometimes it does, and sometimes, I mean, what does that, does that feel like a connection to you? I can get, let's say I, I can get a whole valley within seconds, and do you feel connected with it when you do?
0: I think it honestly depends a little bit on the context, but any technological conversation to me feels a little shallow. It feels like it's, it's lacking the environment or the context that we talked about previously. Like, I like to be able to see the person I'm talking to, and I feel like, having that eye contact or, or being able to read their facial expressions or whatever makes me feel more comfortable and, and establishes that intimacy. A text conversation right or wrong is not the same. And I, I guess it's a benefit that we have the ability to, to stay in touch, but I, I think it's ultimately something that might be for the negative.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I was talking with someone the other day and I was like, I feel like I have no friends. Like it feels like I have no friends. And I know that I have friends. I know if I was, at school, I would see all my classmates, but right now, like, I can FaceTime someone or like, you know, at a touch of a button, they're there, but it doesn't feel like they're your friends because you don't do anything together. You just can talk every once in a while and your lives are very disconnected. And so I've been really struggling with that. And I'm not even the type of person that has, like, tons of friends. I'm very selective about who I spend my time with. It's just been weird to, like, not even have those few people that I enjoy going to.
3: Okay. I got to go here then. Cause Ron just opened it up and you guys have completely opened the can of worms. What about dating? Like, I don't get it. How, <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're talking about, I you know, I want to form these relationships in person, even though social media is, is a nice tool to have. And I want that human connection, but why is this generation then so hooked on social media dating and does it work? And do you like it? And do you think it's good? I mean, Ron and I had to like actually work at it and like go out and, and, you know, <laughs> meet people and go through the the uh, trials and horribleness of, of. Um, When it went wrong, you guys really—it's just a swipe left if it's going wrong. Like, tell us, <laughs> Nick, you're laughing. Well, I, I was going <laughs> to say, Ron,
2: it, Ron's, Ron's, tried both, and and I can tell you that the, sure. the, the online dating yeah. is, is not is not a, the thing that I'm I'm really excited about. Well, but wait, is that yeah? Is so that... Ron's
3: a thumbs down. Tara's a undecided on on. Uh, I've tried both too. You guys, what do you think? Thumbs up? Thumbs down? How do you feel about it? What are we doing wrong? <laughs>
0: I I personally would say I'm, I am a thumbs down. I don't like social media dating. Uh, I I am not a big advocate of social media at all. Like I pretty much have not posted on the Instagram, my Instagram. And the only reason I have an Instagram is my roommate made me get one, but I will say my roommate and his girlfriend are downstairs and they met on Tinder and they've been dating for two years. So there are success stories and maybe it does work, but uh, I personally don't think that's the avenue I'm going to meet someone.
2: Nick, what, what, uh, it's kind of refreshing to hear this by the way, but it but what exactly. drove you to say, I'm not really much of a social media guy.
0: Um,
2: well, <laughs> I don't know. Um,
0: I guess, honestly, I don't really like putting myself in the spotlight and perhaps there's some psychological reason for that, but, I've never really tried to emphasize me, you know, and I think a lot of the times social media is about focusing on yourself and your image. And I just don't really care about that, that much my image and, and how people perceive me. I, I feel like my true friends know who I am and, and that's really all that I care about.
2: Okay. Uh, and again, I'm going to say refreshing. All right. Great, Allie. Yeah, great place to be. Now. Yeah. Cause I feel like uh, we're epidemically uh, addicted to social media as a society right now. So to to hear, you know, a younger generation that, that's saying, no it's not for me. That's not what I would expect. That's not that's not the answer. So Ali, what uh, what about you? And what don't you think? feel what?
3: pressured here, Allie. Yeah,
2: yeah. What, what about the social dating? Do
3: I, I have us. to
1: follow that? Nick <laughs> <laughs> is a great person.
2: Yeah, that that's it. tough, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um well, I'll start with the online dating. I'm also probably a thumbs down, although I'm not like Against it, I think, like Nick said, I think it does work, sort of. I just think it has a negative connotation, and there's a stereotype that I don't want to be associated with, I guess. I also don't use social media anymore, and I think for many of the same reasons as Nick, although I think my problem was more that I got into the whole I like being in the spotlight and I care about what people think, and realized pretty quickly how toxic that was and Mm. how it was impacting me and even just from like like my parents standpoint when I was younger and them kind of telling me like this seems like you care about what other people think too much and took a little while to admit that but I definitely do care what people think and I'm really working on not so much being a people pleaser all the time but taking a step away from like all my social media has really helped and like I said I have one because just for clubs and things they like you to be involved but for myself it's not it's just not a good use of my time
2: love that and i i I want to give you again give you kudos for having the self-awareness to see that say okay this is is this helping me Uh, you know as i always like to say is this helping me or harming me and if it's harmful uh you know maybe it's it's something we want to if not eliminate we want to reduce And, and you're ahead of the game uh there's a lot of people that are my age that haven't figured that out yet so um, good for you and and uh, good for both of you that that you're seeing I, I think it can be a good thing it can be it can be something that that's used for good um, but a lot of times it's evil it's so evil
3: so you guys are telling us a lot about yourselves and your feelings but I know both of you are heavily involved in leadership at the university um, I, I know you're both working in mental health avenues with other students uh, it sounds like you're both whether it's uh, meant to be this way or in it it's inadvertently happening you're coaching other students and other friends um even if it's not set up as a coaching situation it just kind of happens do with all the interaction of your peer group do you think your peer group falls in line with some of the things that you're saying and your beliefs and your trends to um when it comes to the way you're feeling or do you are you hearing different things Like, what are you hearing amongst your peers? uh, What their struggles are, if they, how they feel about social media, any of the things that we've talked about?
0: I think in regards to social media, uh, I think it's all over the board, honestly. I think there are people who find a lot of benefit from it and enjoy doing it. And I think that's totally fine. And I think there's a career path there too. So I think certain students are doing it for that reason. Um, In regards to, to mental health and other issues, I think some people are, are willing to share and others are not. Um, In in terms of just things we're talking about, I think career, honestly. Uh, I'm second semester senior, I'm getting close to graduating and I'm starting to figure out what I wanna do with my life. And a lot of my friends are in the same place, whether that's grad school or trying to find a job, moving back home or I don't know, figuring something out during the pandemic in a short-term capacity.
1: I think for me, it feels like there's sort of a divide between the people that are still kind sort of enjoying college and the other half of students that is kind of ready to be done or feels like this hasn't really felt like a school year. And I think I fall in the second group And that, you know, I was very, very safe during COVID. I lived with one girl. I had two roommates, but then only one for most of the semester. And so for me, it was all about work. And making sure I didn't bring COVID with me to work when I went to the hospital. And, and in that case, I'm, I'm just sort of ready to be done because it doesn't feel like I'm a college student anymore. I feel like I'm working a full-time job and working 80 hours a week. And so like, I may as well just be actually doing that. And, and then there's the other side of things with you know, people that essentially have been a little bit more lenient with the rules or don't have to go home to their parents or to a job where they could expose older individuals and have sort of just been living a little bit in denial of coronavirus i'd say and and in some ways i feel slightly envious like i wish i could be hanging out with all these people and i guess i could but it just like for me it does not sit well and i think it's sort of creating this divide and i just feel so disconnected almost from some people in my class who have just taken a little bit of a different route and and i think you can almost say the same for social media i think some people feel like they're outgrowing it in some ways and i think you know others are still like living in that space where it's exciting to see what all their friends are doing and maybe they're doing enough things to be able to post about it. And maybe that's just another thing for me is I really haven't done anything worth posting about. So there's a divide and I'm not sure, not to say one side is is better than the other. And I think both can be isolating, but especially where I've felt this semester, it just feels off.
2: I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, it it feels like, I I kind of think of it, well, it, it feels like, on video like this, it's all right. And this kind of echoes what, what Nick said earlier. It's a 2D world though. And we are 3D creatures, you know, and it's just, there's there's a dimension missing. And, uh, you know, I don't care how many Zoom sessions you do, how many, uh, you know, uh, any any video that you do, it's just not it's not quite the same. So I get you and, and I don't feel alone. Uh, I'm right there with you. And I think Tara would, would say the same. Let me ask you this, because I think all the HR people out there would probably like to know the answer to this. As you guys, you guys are both, you both talked about it. You're getting close to graduating. Um, I think Allie's going to go on into, to do the little grad school. But at some point, you're going you're to go out there, and I'm going to put air quotes around, the you're going to go out in the real world which I always laugh is, you know, so what are you doing right now? Is this not the real world? But you get what I'm saying, right? You're gonna go out there and you're gonna try to get a job and, and establish this career that you've been working so hard for. What, if I were to ask you, what is it that, what's important for you um, in your career and maybe in that first job? What is it What is it about the company that's really gonna draw you to them? Is it salary? Is it is it something else? Is it benefits? Is it, you know? To, to not put words in your mouth, but what, what is it that you What's important to you guys? Nick, let's start with you.
0: Gosh, you guys sound like my parents.
2: Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if I should take that as a good or a bad. Um,
0: honestly, I, I don't really know. Um, okay. I have, I'm obviously a journalism student, but I have seriously considered teaching. Uh, I've worked with kids. I'm an older brother, six years older than my younger brother. So I, like to feel like I helped raise him a little bit. And I don't know, I love working with kids. I love the fact that you can touch so many lives. And I think for me, whether that's first job or significantly further down the line, I think that's ultimately how I'm gonna judge my life is, is how many people I felt I made an impact on. In terms of the first job, um, I might wanna move back home and, and live in LA, be able to save some money Uh, By living at home, my brother is going to be a junior in high school, so seeing him off to college is something that's important to me. And something I value, like doing something, honestly, I value. Money, right or wrong, uh, I'm sure my parents would argue the importance of it, but I don't feel like, and I'm obviously privileged to be in this position, but I don't feel an overwhelming burden to find the highest paying job right away.
3: What's the big vision for you, Nick? Like the big giant, it, this is where I want to land. Uh, I want to be working for, uh, what ESPN, what's your big vision.
0: Um, Allie actually knows this, uh, <laughs> I want to work for the LA Olympic committee bid until 2028. And then I want to get hired by the Olympics so I can travel every two years and go spend time at the Olympics and then probably retire and teach.
2: Now that is a vision I like. I like uh, that. You, yeah. you you made it sound like you have no idea, Nick, it, it sounds like you you have you have you a totally pretty good have idea. An idea. And, and go out and go out and make it happen. I always say, chase your dreams; you just might catch one.
3: And you too, Allie. What's your what's your uh, what are you looking for in a company or first job? Like, what's important? Um, and and then I totally want to know your big vision too.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd say for me, it's going to be about the people that I'm working with. I like my strongest bonds and friendships have been built through teamwork and especially on like a shared mission goal passion type thing and that'll be my primary search when I'm when I'm looking for a job and I think that hopefully I'll have some say in that and that hopefully after grad school I'll have a skill and I'll be able to look at different groups and companies that I could potentially work for and decide based on that team environment but I work with babies right now. I love working with babies and hope to continue that through and after med school, potentially in neonatology. Um, maybe it's the school board or I'm, I'm on the board for the YMCA right now. And those type of things will always most be more important to me than just like any other job, because I think that's where you really build your values and your connections to your community is and who you're trying to serve. So that's kind of my goals you continue, continue to be involved.
3: Well, you're both doing such an amazing job with that, um, specifically at CU. I can't, I can't fathom you wouldn't go off into the real world and do the same thing there. So congratulations on getting close to graduating. Thank you both so much for sharing very personal, very vulnerable stories with us. The message is incredibly important to your peers, to parents, to Um, people working, uh, in companies, getting ready to hire you university professors. It doesn't matter. It's good for everyone. So thanks for sharing that. And, uh, the last question we always like to ask all of our guests, and we will put both of you on the spot in the same way is this is a podcast about mental toughness, resilience, and finding grit in your daily lives. What is your advice or words of wisdom or encouragement for people, your age and students that they can, they can use from, from your words today when it comes to mental toughness, resilience, and grit?
1: I would say that my advice would be be very aware of how you're speaking to yourself. So the way that we are encouraging ourselves to work hard or to get through a tough time is so crucial and important. And truly, you're the only person that can be positive in your own mind. And so if we at least have ourselves to rely on, that's a big step forward and making sure we can be okay during these tough times that are especially isolating.
0: Honestly, I think one of the biggest things that I had to work through with myself is realizing that it's gonna be a journey. Like you're gonna go forward and you might take two steps back. Like it's not always forward progress. So recognizing that you might feel great some days and might not feel so so, so good some other days and, and knowing that's okay.
3: Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell all your friends. If you didn't, let's just forget this happened and we'll try again next week. Until then, join the revolution to forge metal and connect with us on social media.